Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, Cody Jansen. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to yet another episode of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. This is episode 16, brought to you by CST Tires. CST Tires athlete Thomas Brown joins us tonight. So pumped to have him on. Originally, this was planned to be our listener question and topics episode, which is already recorded, but I wanted to get Thomas on to get his input on a few things, and well, after Thomas and I recorded... I looked at my producer, my brother Dallas, and we both said, that was a great episode. It should be all by itself. So, on this episode, you'll hear Thomas talk about his preseason training and how that's going with the Ford brothers with Daytona less than a month away now. You'll also hear him talk about his goals for 2020 and get ready because it's the number one suggested topic. Here comes all the hybrid talk. So that's our Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant Site Lap segment where we do a quick rundown before the gate drops on this episode's featured guest. And speaking of sponsors, we have to thank all the great people who support this podcast. Thank you to new show sponsor, Yamaha. We are proud to be partnered with the winningest manufacturer in the past decade in ATV motocross and the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is Team Blue Crew. Thank you, Yamaha. Check them out at YamahaOutdoors.com. Thanks to another new sponsor, but longtime sponsor of me personally, Valvoline. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to innovating and improving your driving and riding experience. The world's oldest ATV company still leads the charge with unrivaled products and lubricants. Thanks to Team Valvoline for coming on board. Thanks to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. The Pulse MXR Tire is the best tire on the market no matter what the terrain. Join the CST Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you, SSI Decals. SSI Decals was a key contributor to Team USA's winning effort at the Quad Cross of Nations and simply put, is the decal choice of champions everywhere. Their track record speaks for itself. Champions choose SSI for unmatched look and quality. Thanks to those guys. Check them out today at SSIDecals.com. Thank you to DID Racing Chain and their 528 tv 2 X-Ring Chain. Team USA, Joel Hetrick, and myself all trusted DID's unrivaled chain quality all the way to championship victory this past season. Wherever you go, go with DID. Thank you, Namira Technologies. Namira, Pistons with an Attitude. Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market since 2001 with their wide array of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. Visit your local dealer or online at namira.com. That's N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Also a big thanks to Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been the industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. Whether it's electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts or bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source when it comes to whatever you need for whatever you ride. BroncoATV.com Thanks to 4 Carbon for their continued support. Known for their hoods and seat covers, array of carbon parts, and so much more, 4 is your one-stop shop to give your ATV a new and improved look 
with increased function for 2020. New year, new look with 4Works Carbon. Head over to their social media pages or website today. Thanks to 4Works Carbon. Thanks as always to Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track. When conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save at checkout, evanscoolant.com. Thanks to DP Brakes, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports braking. DP is the brand responsible for allowing Joel Hetrick, myself, and so many others to outbreak the competition every time we hit the racetrack. It's not too late to join the team, so act fast. dp-brakes.com Thanks to Blenders Eyewear, whose life and forward motion brand is the perfect fit to partner with our podcast. You won't find better shades for a more attractive price anywhere else. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save on the trendiest shades on the market, BlendersEyewear.com. Thanks to Oats Overnight. Life is hard. Make breakfast easy. Simply combine with milk before bed and enjoy your to-go breakfast in the morning. Overnight oatmeal loaded with superfoods, perfect for athletes. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout, OatsOvernight.com. Thanks to Mountaineer Brand. If you know me, you know I love my beard. That's why I treat it right with Mountaineer Brand's all-natural washes, oils, balms, and more. Use discount code CODYSFAVE in all caps. That's C-O-D-Y-S-F-A-V, CODYSFAVE, at MountaineerBrand.com. From our new partners to our original sponsors, thanks for supporting this podcast and making this dream a reality for both us and our listeners. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands in the industry, so better your riding experience and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. If you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do is support our partners. And if you're interested in becoming a partner of the show, shoot me a message or email today for more details. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. And now, we're pumped to bring this guy on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. He should probably go by Captain America for all his dominance in the past few years for Team USA, and he is a legend who loves the sport and whose passion will never be questioned. Let's get to it. Enjoy. And now, we're pumped to welcome our first guest of the night. He's one of the biggest names in the sport, and he's worked with us on a good amount of content thus far in our existence. Brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 Action Chain. It's Thomas Brown. What up, T Brown? Thanks for coming on. Oh, hey, Cody. Man, I'm stoked to be on here. First off, I want to say the podcast is awesome, man. I listened to it. I think I've missed like two episodes so far. And don't worry, we're getting into race season, so I'm going to have plenty of time to catch up while driving. But, man, this is awesome. I'm glad to be on here. I think we have some good topics to talk about tonight. We kind of were uh, rambling on before we get on the air. And, man, it's I'm stoked. I'm stoked to be on here. It's Man, it's a good time of the year. We're about to go racing again. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you fitting us in with, uh, with all your training and stuff you got going on right now, so I, I really appreciate it. Um, I know you guys are grinding hard down there in Texas, huh? Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, – well, I spent the first two weeks in Florida with uh, – I mean, I spent a lot of time with all my T-Brown train riders for so the first two weeks with Mason Hunt and Michael Allred. Uh, you, you might know Michael a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Twice. Right. Uh, so we spent two weeks down there training. And then came back here to Texas, and me and the four brothers have been cracking down, man. It's been a lot of motos, a lot of laps, and we're going hard. I think we're – as of right now, we're right on schedule to be prepared for Daytona and then on to Texas after that. So it's – man, I'm I'm super excited. Everybody's working great and working hard, and it's, it's going smooth. So hopefully uh, – I guess I need to knock on wood right now. 
to keep it going smooth, hopefully all the way through the season. Yeah, that's good news. I Every time uh, one of those videos comes out from you guys riding, you'd swear it was a, it was a race, like, like a, like a real, like sanctioned race type deal. Cause you guys are, look like you're going for it. So, uh, looks like you guys are having a lot of fun along the way too. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, uh, we, we put a lot of pressure on each day and kind of train like it is a race, uh, with Bryce making the big jump up to pro, he needs the, uh, like it, he needs to be able to be pressured for a whole moto. He's never had that as far as 20 minutes. And then Cody's going into his second year. He got a taste of it, and he's working hard and filling those voids where maybe he felt like he lacked last year. And I'm trying to keep uh, my momentum from the end of last year going. Is uh, It seems like every year I end on these high notes. And I think it's a little bit of the tracks we get to. I think I strive at just the way our schedule works. But, man, I really need to uh, come out swinging with those top guys a little bit more at the beginning of the season. And it's we all have our weaknesses, and we all know them, and we're – we're all pushing every day to make each one of us better. That's awesome. I, you know, I think too, you know, you've always spent, it seemed like a lot of time riding with other fast guys, you know, but um, talk about like, it's gotta be really nice to have guys that are, you know, that good that are right there. They're also Texans like you are. So um, that's gotta be almost invaluable for you too. You know, you're riding with fast guys every, every damn day. Yeah, for sure. You know, it keeps my level up and, like you said, like my whole career, uh, like I've always rode with faster guys and rode with guys on the same level to help push myself. I always travel. So now here working for the Fords and helping Bryce and Cody get to their potential. And yes, it helps me for sure. Riding with them every day, dude, it's just like, man, it's a moto every day. And every day is us pushing each other. So it's great. The biggest, the biggest thing about this year compared to other years and it going into last year is now I get to stay home, which has its pluses and minuses. There's a lot of distractions at home. And me and Brandy, uh, we, we kind of have to keep to ourselves a little bit. Even though we're home, we want to go hang out with people, but it's like that. But, man, it's so nice to come home and sleep in my own bed and not be in a trailer for nine months out of the year. And there's no doubt that Cody and Bryce are going fast and they push me every day. I can't slack and – I won't let them slack either. So, yeah, I mean, life on the road, too, can be, like, super taxing. And not only that, but it can be expensive. So, um, you know, being at home has its perks for sure. And, uh, I mean, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but, you know, you're almost mentoring these kids while you're going to race with these guys. So is that, like, I mean, that's got to kind of be cool. Because even, like, when I see Cody ride, like, even his riding style and everything else, he looks like a younger version of you. So, I mean, it's got to be pretty cool to be racing with these guys and kind of mentoring these guys, top-level guys, um, at the same time. That's got to be a cool feeling for you. Oh, for sure. It's I guess the biggest example of that was last year at Sunset. We all know Cody got on the podium. That first moto, after my bike malfunction and the chain came off, is I'm staying on the side of the track, and I'm cheering him on. You know, I'm mad. I'm red as all could be underneath my helmet. But I'm sitting over there cheering on, and he comes off the track and like, that next week, and he ends up getting the podium. And he's like, man, I bet you were hot, uh, you know, that I got on the podium that kept you off. And I'm like, no, man. Like, I was so proud. Like, dude, like, I just got a rookie. Like, one of my riders just got on the podium, and it showed the hard work that he's put in and put himself in there. And – yeah, I mean, a lot of people put an asterisk beside it. But anytime you get on the pro podium, there, there's no asterisk. You you put yourself in that position and you made it happen. Everybody else is on the same starting line, 
including myself, is, you know, I, I made some mistakes and I, it's, it's all part of it. And so I was super proud of him and I'm still pumped on him to this day. He, he did an awesome job last year at that race and several other ones. And he, uh, I think he's picking it up for this year. And with Bryce coming in, man, the hottest amateur ever, you know, one year amateur career and won both classes. It's, it's unheard of so far. It's a lot of people have had great careers, but he's, uh, he's, there's a lot of hype behind him and he's going fast right now, but we have our heads down and I think we know what our goals are and we'll probably keep those tight to the chest, but it's, it's looking good. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm proud of both those boys. I get to see them six days a week is what we work together with. So should be good. And yeah, I definitely, like I, at some point I'm sure they'll start beating me and, uh, <laughs> It's going to be a sweet day, a sweet and uh, a sweet and sour day. Is that I'll have to be proud, you know? Is uh, is I'm not leaving anything on the table. I don't hide anything from on any day. Is if they're getting up on the box and they start beating me, I'm going to be proud and be able to be like, I feel I had a part in that, and that's going to be ultimately better than is if they just started beating me without me helping them. Then I'd be like, all right, I can't let these young guns come in there. But if I can help them succeed, it, there is some bonuses for me. Yeah. I, I don't want to lose, but there's a there's a little bit of a brightness there. Absolutely, you know I think uh, those guys are lucky to have you for sure. But it's it's a cool thing to have a trickle down effect. You know you're such a great ambassador for the sport, but then to impact um, you know even top level guys, you're going to be impacting right from the start and you know showing them how to do it. You've had such a great career. Um, you know, and hopefully got a lot more good years to come, but just even just the person that you are, um, you can, you can see that in some of the conversations I had with Cody last year. It's just, uh, that's a really, really cool thing. So they're lucky to have you and the sports lucky to have you too. And, uh, so talk about, talk about what it like a typical day and week is like for you guys right now. So their typical week is we have a couple gym days and several riding days, and we always have one day that's fully off. Uh, on riding days, there's planned motos and we have a schedule and that's a big thing with the T Brown training that I put with not only Cody and Bryce, but Mason and Mike is when we go ride, I think a big part is structure. And I have an idea when they go to the track, what I want them to do. It's obviously easier with Cody and Bryce, me being there every day, getting to see what they're doing. But I believe structure is when we go to the track, we have a time we start riding and we have our goals for the day. And every day is a little different, so it's hard for me to say what will be on the agenda. I can tell you tomorrow is only a spin because we have a pouring rain right now and 100% chance of rain tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> and cold. So we every Wednesday we get this cold front come in, and it seems by the weekend we're back to 70. So <laughs> we're going to take tomorrow off. But we had four days straight over the weekend from Friday to Monday. And every day was a different goal. And focusing both on our races after Daytona and then luckily we have an SX track at their house and we focus some days on just Daytona prep. So it's like, I guess the biggest thing is for our day is it's structured. And that's what I try to bring to Bryce and Cody and all my T Brown training riders is that the structure to meet their goals and everybody has a different goal. So I try to make sure that they have the structure to, uh, and structure to present the opportunity to achieve those goals. Yeah, I love hearing that because I think that that's something I wish I would have learned at a younger age too. So I think it's good for people to hear because it's like, even if 
even if it's just, you know, you're riding and training by yourself, it's, you got to have a purpose, right? Like you have to literally focus on your shortcomings. And I think that's the only way to improve anything you have that you deal with in life. So, um, yeah, I wish, I wish I could have learned that uh, a little earlier. So hopefully some of the listeners can learn that earlier than I did, but, uh, awesome to hear. I can't wait. Like you specifically, um, okay. We've talked about your guys. You specifically are one of the most interesting, um, riders to watch in the upcoming season, because you've always been obviously so consistent, so strong, but you made some serious like changes, I think to your program last year. And you were so strong at the end of the year that I'm really excited and curious, obviously, to see if you can kind of keep it going. You know, it seemed like you switching over to Baldwin stuff, and it looked like Mark really had that bike working. Um, I mean, you were ripping hole shots at the end of the year, and uh, that was really cool to see because that's always been maybe like a weakness of yours, probably something you would say too, is that if you could just get starts, man, like, you'd be, you'd always be right at the front from the very, from the first lap on. So, um, you know, kind of talk about that. I'm pretty sure that your, your program's pretty similar to last year, which I wouldn't think that you'd want to change anything because it's been, it ended so well. And, uh, just kind of tell us how you're feeling heading into, uh, Daytona because now we're less than a month out. Yeah, it's man, a big part of my program change was the motor program last year and it was changed Man, I, I always felt like I had good power. And, man, Baldwin worked with uh, Jamie from PP Performance Tuning, and they built this combo that is just amazing. I honestly feel I have more power than ever, and I also feel I have probably the most power on the gate now. Between maybe not on the dyno, I'm not going to claim that we have more power on the dyno, but the way the bike works and comes across, whenever we got to Texas and we got away from the short track at Daytona, I mean, in that race alone, like, I was jumping triples and stuff that other people were struggling with, and I'm like, we got some power here. And Jamie was at that race, and obviously Mark was at the race, and they had everything tuned and perfect. And from that point on, I was like, all right, we got this. And a few years ago, I had hired some help in to work on my hole shots. And I tell you, you pointed out a big weakness of mine is always starts. And I, I could go down there, and I never was big on practicing hole shots. And I never really knew why, because I would always go do starts, and I'm like, okay, were it better? Was it not better? I, I didn't know. Like, I didn't even know what to look for on a good start. Sure. And I hired somebody to come in and help me with starts, and they taught me a lot. And this was two or three years ago. And then last, the next, that year they got a little bit better where I was getting closer to the top five every time, not last. And then this right. past year it was close to the front every time. I mean, there's times where I'm looking side to side and there was nobody beside me. Joel was in front of me, but everybody else was behind me, and I'm like <laughs> – that's pretty good. And a couple of times I even got a few whole shots on Joel and man, he's an amazing yeah. starter. I had to learn what to look for in my starts. And now I, when I go do whole shots, I can actually practice whole shots. Cause I know what I'm looking for where I used to do practice laps and you could see it on the lap time. And I could feel when I went through a corner good. I was like, yeah, there was no bobbles. There was a smooth. And now I know what to look for in my starts. And we've been practicing those and man, it's, it's the whole combination is it all kind of came together. Good is that bike pools really hard like a lot of my starts when I shift into my so when I shift into third it just pulls up into every like pulls past everybody and it's from the gate on is all smooth now and it's man between the motor package and that 
my start coming around last year, I think that was a big change for me. And you're right. I'm keeping everything very similar this year. My bike has always handled amazing. And I think that's what helped me come through the pack all those years is I've always had a lot of experience passing. And I think that's something I can help my riders with a lot is I always had to be good at passing because I was never good at starts. Um, and I think I focused a lot of wrong things back in the day on starts too. And I think I'm focusing on the right stuff. And so, yeah, I'm super excited for this year. Like you said, I came off a high point at the end of the last year was definitely battling up front. Joel and Chad both had a little speed on me, but I mean, last race at Ironman, I was all over Chad. There was at Loretta's. I passed Joel for a little bit, man. It's to be in the mix with those guys. I was learning. And I think if I can start with those guys at the beginning of the season, I can learn the tricks. I mean, those guys have been head of the field for so long that I'm not unrealistic. The fact is that I wasn't on their level and I'm not on their level right now, as in they have more stats and stuff, but at the end of the year, I felt like I was on their level. So I think with my starts improving and stuff, if I can watch them and apply what I know I can do fast and learn off what I'm doing slow from being behind them or battling with them, I, and I feel like I can go up there and battle with them now. It's I'm, I'm excited about it. I've a lot of people criticize me because they're like, "Oh, you don't have a lot of confidence right now." Like I'm happy and I'm pumped on where I'm at, but like I don't ride good like with all this confidence. It's been a feel of mine. Brandy caught me. She's like, "Every time you say you're going to go win this race, you do crappier than you did before." And I'm like, I just know I'm going to go out there and give it my all every time. And I'm going to keep a clear head and I'm not going to fill my head with confidence or anything like that. I'm going to go out there and give them all. And normally that's when I do my best riding. So it's, we're going into the season this way. So we're just going to put our work in and man, try to go rip. And yeah, I want to get up there and battle with those guys and throw my hat into that championship battle. But I got to start knocking off some wins because I've been a consistent podium guy, but you got to have some wins to get up in there. And I'm just going to go battle with all those. And there's, plenty of fast guys uh, coming up behind me as well, wanting to get into that battle. So it's, it should be exciting, but I'm, I'm stoked. I'm focusing on myself and my riders and we're working hard. That's all, that's all I know I can do. And, you know, just give them all while I'm out there and put the time in off the track. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have expected an answer any different. Um, because again, that's your, that's your MO. You're feel like you always kind of got a chip on your shoulder. You're always kind of a grinder type of guy, but I think that you got the package now because that bike was obviously working. You had all the momentum at the end of the year, more than you've ever had before. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I think, I think that you're going to be dicing it up too. So, um, you know, you had said that you don't want to state any goals, right. But, um, and I won't pry any of that out of you, obviously. But what has to happen this year for you to consider it successful? Because, I mean, you've won races. You've finished as the runner-up in the points. You're, you know, one of the biggest names, obviously, in the sport. You're an ambassador of the sport. There's only one thing left to do, you know. Um, yeah. But, again, you know, I'm not going to pry any goals out of you. But uh, tell us yeah, what has to happen for it to be successful, for you to feel good about it. Because you, cause you had to, like, last year – in its own kind of, in its own way, had to be successful year for you because you took some steps last year for sure. Yeah, sure. It, last year was great. And honestly, I would have gone into Ironman and Loretta's being a part of the championship battle if it wasn't for a couple of DNFs. But, exactly. Yep. But Joel and Chad could both said the same thing too. So that's part of it. It's weird because we had a ton of DNFs last year, which our sport hasn't seen in a lot of years. But 
man, going into this year, I mean, obviously the ultimate goal is a championship. For me to consider this goal, but to achieve that goal, I need to be up there battling with those guys. And that would be that would be the next step for me is to go out and battle with Joel, battle with Chad, and battle for wins. And that's that's the next goal. And that's kind of where I will consider this year a huge success is if we stay the same and we're there, I, I'm not going to consider it not a success. I'm not going to lie is that anytime you can battle for a podium in the pro classes, it's good. And I'm not going to knock that because there's tons of guys that would want to be there. But, yes, ultimately I want to be up there battling and battling for wins. And that's, that's I guess, kind of a goal. And I'm not saying don't set goals because that that's, is where I want to be, and that would be my goal. Um, and I just know that, like I said, I got to put the work in now, and I, I got to start up there. That's the biggest key, and we worked on it. And I'm, I'm ready for Daytona. Uh, well, let's put it this way. Everything's on track to be ready for Daytona. I, I could line up tomorrow, and I'm, we're, we're ready fitness-wise, but I want to keep working on stuff and fine-tuning things. So it's it's good, and yeah, man, I, I'd love to go in there and battle. It's, shoot, I think I left Texas last year after that win with only a few points from the red plate, and it would have been super cool to have a red plate. Like that's ultimately you got to have the red plate before you can get a championship. So that's I guess that'd be another goal of mine is just at some point to grab that red plate and hopefully hold on to it after that. Yeah, I uh, again, I think that you're kind of right where you need to be. And the first thing, you know, um, the first thing you have to do before you can do it is believe you can do it. And like you've done it and you were so strong at the end of last year, you had to kind of wish that there was more races to finish out the year there because uh, you were, you were, you were killing it. So um, yeah, like I said, it's going to be really exciting and um, we're definitely pulling for you. We'll get right back to the show, but now a quick word from our sponsors. And now, please stand up and make some noise for our title sponsor, CST Tires. CST Tires and their Pulse MXR Tire have completely overtaken the ATV market. Used by Thomas Brown to clinch a third straight Quad Cross of Nations title, by Nick Janusa as he dominated the Montreal Supercross, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to a 2019 national championship in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics than the competition. Join the takeover or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Check them out at csttires.com today. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's six championships in the past eight seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing, and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATVMX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities, including the chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more information, head to YamahaOutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of the historically great Team Valvoline. 
From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability, as well as longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, or anywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name that is synonymous with ATV racing and synonymous with success. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. After making number plates and decals for riders like Chad Whedon, the company quickly took off. Today, you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker now supports all the top teams at ATV motocross, as well as GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics, SSI decals. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer chain life making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick up an ATV2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Wherever you go, go with DID. We're pumped to bring on new partner, Namira Technologies. Since 2001, Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are also pleased to announce our partnership with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. We are also supported in part by Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you never have to worry about harming your engine or having a premature end to your ride due to overheating no matter what the condition. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, snowmobiles and more, use what the pros use. Upgrade to Evans today. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes. A longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2020 is no different with an impressive lineup including AMA ATV Pro Class champion Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing Honda teammates. Myself, Cody Jansen, and my 2019 Junior 25 Plus National Championship, Baldwin Motorsports, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, Dylan Tremellen and his 940 racing team, Troy Hill, and more in ATV Motocross. 
in GNCC racing DPS 16 of the top 17 pros heading into 2020. This includes the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Chris Borich, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and more. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top step of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer, or even message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders on the planet on DP Brakes. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber and plastic hoods, tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has goodies that'll make you salivate. I trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality, innovative parts to the market. Check them out today. Now back to the show. Before I kind of let you go, Thomas, I we kind of are on the same page um, with kind of one of these topics that's swirling around. And, uh, you know, I, we're, we're covering um, questions, listener questions and topics and stuff on this episode. Right. And um, you know, my inbox and my mentions and everything are full of one specific topic and it's that hybrid topic. And uh, as I've stated before, I feel super passionate about this topic because it would have impacted my professional career um, firsthand. And that's kind of why I'm passionate about it for people that, you know, would fall in the same shoes as me, I guess. Um, And I knew that you were for a little context for our listeners. I shot Thomas a message weeks ago, kind of just wanting to pick his brain about some stuff. And uh, when he, when all of his info was so well put together and he had such good, such great points. I kind of decided that we needed to get him on the podcast to talk about it. So um, I guess just from the top, Thomas, um, you know, your opinion matters. So I want you to kind of be able to say, you know, how you feel about it or whatever. Um, so kind of, you know, what says you when it comes to, I guess, pro class, specifically hybrids being allowed to race in the pro class? Yeah, so I, it touches me pretty good. Is this year the proposal was to allow the CR? Well, it said any dirt bike engine into the same manufacturer chassis, which I—that's a question on itself whether you allow different manufacturers and stuff like that. But we all know that it's mainly talking about the CRF and the TRX chassis, and there's no doubt the CRF is a better engine. It's fuel injected. It's got more power. It has 10 years more technology in it. I I do not doubt that in a second that it's a better engine. My thing is, though, is right now, I guess there's two things is, is that if you allow it, people will say, well, you can do the same thing. I I can't. Is that I can't re, whether it's on a Honda or put a dirt bike motor in my quad, is I can't afford to go buy quads every year and go buy dirt bikes to build these deals. And Everybody that says you have to, well, you can run the bike stock. You're full of it. Ain't none of us going to ride a bike stock and be competitive because the next person on that line is going to put a cam in. And then the next person down the, over on the other side of them is going to put a cam and a piston. And by the end of it, we're going to have the same motors that we have now and bills it, or like built motors, but dirt bike engines. And yeah, I get the billet training on the Hondas. Like, trust me, I'm not 
I've looked into it. And I feel like I'm not too big of one sided here. I really try to look at both sides. Yep. And I, yes, you don't have to do a billet training, but you also have to buy the conversion kit. So that almost cancels each other out. The conversion kit is a little cheaper than a billet training, but ultimately you, you still have to go buy a $9,000 dirt bike. Right. I mean, the biggest thing, like I get messages constantly um, from people saying that I'm kind of falsely stating that a hybrid build is not more expensive or not that much more expensive than a production build. And you even, you kind of did a, a spreadsheet, right? Of mm -hmm. kind of breaking down the prices and the Yamaha and the Honda, the production bikes were in the $18,000 price range. Yep. Give or take, obviously. And I mean, the hybrid was $10,000 more. Okay. Now, I guess one of the arguments that I kind of, in my own head, I haven't even really told this to anybody, but for the people that say, well, if you already have the four-wheeler, okay, well, I can take one of my four-wheelers. They're worth $20,000 or whatever. They're, I mean, with the right rider, it could win the pro class, you know? Yep. And for me to convert one of my quads over would be a $10,000 conversion. By the time you get a motor, you get the conversion kit, you know, you get all the stuff, the, all the electronics that you need for it. And now you're not even really talking about all the engine mods, you know? So yep. in that $10,000, like I don't have a, I don't have $10,000 leeway. I mean, like take that out of my, out of my race program. It varies my race program, you know, on an amateur level, let alone having to do it with multiple quads at a pro level. Like I, I just, I just don't really get the argument. And then uh, I, and, and you broke it down, I guess, so perfectly that there's no arguing against the, pr the price difference. You just, you can't argue. That's, that's it. And people, I guess one thing is I know people are going to hear this and go, if we don't bring it up, well, your maintenance, like it's so much less. Yes, it, it could be so much less if, if you're running a stock motor and stuff like that. For one, I look at it at the pro level is maybe I could practice on a stock engine, but I could also practice on a Yamaha stock engine. Of course. I yeah. do practice on my stock bike some days, just like when I'm doing longer, if I'm going to like the dunes or something, some yep. cross training, not on a motor track, I'll ride my stock bike because it's, it's just, I'm just going there to beat myself up. Yep. So you could ride a stock engine. And so that kind of cancels that out, but at the pro level, you're not going to race on it. And the maintenance, I mean, $10,000, how many top ends do you got to change out to equal $10,000? Right. And it's say, okay, third gear goes out and you got to put another training in. That's still five transmissions. I'm going to let you know a TRX motor, or I, I feel, obviously I don't know the numbers. It's going to take a lot of years to equal that for, for a pro class. It's different. And then because it's we ride a lot, so we might be able to get there quicker. But at the same time, we go back to the point that you're not going to race on a stock engine. And for an amateur, it's going to take a lot of years to equal that $10,000 you know, difference. And by that point, other stuff's going to wear out. So it, you're still going to have to maintain that CRF engine too. Like it's not going to go. So I don't know what, let's just use 20 hours on a, or let's say 100 hours on a billet training. Yep. You're going to be able to go 500 hours on a, CRF training, like it's just, it's just not going to go that long. No, and 
I, I get it is if people want, like I said, if people are wanting a better motor and a better combo and they have the money to spend for it, great. Like, there's classes for y'all. Yep. But as far as the AMA Pro Racing and there needs to be classes that don't have this as full hybrids is because it's – it needs to be affordable. Like we can't price everybody out and, and yes, racing is already expensive. So what's more money? Well, more money is going to kick me out is I stood up at the banquet. Chad stood up and said, if they allow the rule through, he's, he would possibly be out. What I can tell you is right on the money is that I'm not out. If they said they allow this rule to go through, I'm not out year one, but as soon as I'm lining up to people that I know that I'm better at and they're just out their bike is outperforming mine because it's a better deal and I don't have the money to compete. Yep. That's where I go. I'm out. Cause I can't, if I have to go buy a dirt bike to be able to compete. So my technology is newer. That's it's not fair to me then when, and I guess all this goes to is if people are like, okay, well that's fine. You can leave. We want the biggest, baddest quads. I'm, I would be more open to this also is if we take all that out of the equation. I'm going to kind of jump, jump. Go ahead. Point here. Yep. Is that everybody's forgetting about the other fact is Yamaha still in this and still producing a sport quad. And I'm going to let you know from what I have seen, the Yamaha is very reliable compared to others. And Chad can contest this better than anybody. And, and obviously I'm really close to Chad. So people think, you know, we're always teamed up and we have our disagreements for sure, but we do think a lot the same. And, I've seen Chad break every other brand of bike, yep. but his Yamaha stays together. And only I've, I've only ever rode Yamaha, so I can only contest the Yamaha. Is, but if all these people are saying they're breaking Hondas too much, we'll switch to a Yamaha. For one, you're going to switch to a bike that's reliable. You can ride it in stock form and train on it all the time. And the best thing about it all is you're supporting a manufacturer that is still in our sport. Yes, I know Honda has their contingency, and I am pumped that they do that. I do not believe it's – they do a lot of classes and it's a big number overall, but Hondas would have to sweep like every class in our series to equal that number. Right. Yamaha is starting to offer contingency. They're yeah. getting more involved, but the best way they're involved is they give a quad that people can go buy. Mm -hmm. Like you can't go buy a Honda anymore. You got to go to Craigslist or YouTube or you got to find one dealer somewhere that has one. Let me let you know, you go to any Yamaha shop in the country, say, I want a YFZ450R, they'll go, Okay, you're going to pay cash and you want financing. Right. And that's a whole other point is that people can get involved. And I guess with that, it's, man, it's so hard for me to go away from that is the pro class leads everything. And if we switch to hybrids, everybody's going to feel they have to be on hybrids. And everybody's end goal is to be in pro, but we still have a manufacturer here that's producing a quad. We have great battle. And it's not like the Honda is not not compatible. Right. I, I don't know if y'all know this, but it just won. That, well, like, that's, that's kind of my argument is the Honda just won a production Honda just won. So why would we stack the deck more against Yamaha or against the yes. quad that just won or anything else? Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. And I think oh. that a lot of this, a lot of it stems from Thomas and you know, as well as I do that people love thinking about, 15 years ago or more that yep. hybrid era everybody loves to talk about that but 
it's not that simple. Like, and you no. sent to me when you sent me over all the info, when we, when you kind of planted the seed with me that the, um, the number one thing is when you change something, it's for the betterment of all racing for the whole series. That's, that was, those are your words. And that was the number one thing for me is why would you change it? If it's not better for everybody, the best racing is going to be when every single person in the pro class is on a production quad, not half of it or a third of it or whatever can afford to have hybrids. And then the rest are still on production quads. That's going to make the racing not as good. And all of us, you know, not you guys that are in the pro class, but all of us just want to see the best racing possible. And the hybrid mm-hmm. isn't for that. Yeah, I, I agree. Is that if and if you go to the, even to the point of let's say full hybrid, which is I think what a lot of people are even considering now, which they do have an open pro class this year that's going to run on Sundays, which is basically the old pro am. Which, right. by the way, the numbers were pretty low last year for that class in general. Um, it could have been a bad year or whatever, but it's the open class has been going down, and more people have been moving production. And I think that's a good thing, but man, it's, is if you go full hybrid, you allow somebody with endless financing that has more money to go out there and race. And, uh, I listened to the Brandon Hogue podcast yeah. and I like Brandon, great kid and everything. But one thing he says, you can still win on TRX. And I'm like, yeah, you could, but let's say, let's go this way. Me and Jeffrey, our whole careers, how, how close have we been in speed? Yeah, it's the same. Let's, let's say let's put one of us on a hybrid and all of a sudden we're a second a lap faster than we were before. Yep. We're in a different league than that other guy. And that's not fair because one of us was able to afford this ultimate hybrid that has, you know, a hundred hours of testing, a custom frame that is an inch longer than what everybody else is. Cause we had JB build it. This, he built us 10 frames and we figured out what this one is because we had this endless budget. Like, yeah, like you could, st- I could still maybe go out there on some weekends and beat him if I'm having an on weekend and he's having an off weekend. Right. Or but if, if you I- have to ride your ass off just to be competitive, like, and that's, yeah. I guess, where I kind of come from too. That's why I care is because if the best I ever did, the best I ever did in the pro class was sixth place in one moto, the best I ever did overall was eighth. But being that I knew, and that, I mean, I don't even, maybe that's not even relevant, but knowing that I had, just as good of an opportunity to do it as well as the next guy based on what I was riding. Just like you said, if I get beat, that's fine. If I get 11th and everybody in the top 10 has a hybrid, I'm not even going to want to line up anymore because I know yep. that the deck, the, that the, that the deck is stacked against me and I'm just not going to do that. And you're such a competitor that that's exactly what you said. You're not willing to get beat by somebody based on machine, not rider. If somebody beats you on rider, again, these are your words, not mine. Yep. But if a rider beats you on his riding ability, well, that's fair. If he beats you on the machine that he's riding is better than yours, you're not, you're, you can't take that. Like nobody wants to get beat because they didn't have a chance. Yeah, for sure. And, and everybody say right now, well, my machine might be better than the B-class Yamaha rider. Yes, it, it, there's no doubt that my Yamaha – is tuned perfectly and chad's has been tuned great for forever and joel's honda is working awesome yep but it still limits us to what we can do imagine if you open that up and 
those guys that could have an endless budget could go out there and just build this even they have even more stuff like right now the only thing we can change is shocks and a arms and pivot points or not pivot points but points on the a arms and, and yeah. shock valving but if you start opening that to frames and motors like no. oh my gosh like like you could and you could have just the the possibilities would be endless of what you could do and i just and and i guess what you need to say this is this is obviously my opinion and and everybody can have a different opinion and i want what's best for the sport but yeah. i do not feel making the sport more expensive is the right way and trust me and i guess going back to the brandon deal and that's kind of where he said they could still beat him and the other said he he said it would be so cool to see all these custom bikes trust me as a fan it would be cool to see the bikes like I get to go to the Ford's house and they got that KTM 250, which I believe Bryce's was the first KTM 250. And I'm like, that's cool. Like that's a custom chassis. I'm seeing where JB, cause I used to have a JB 250, like JB yep. first ever 250 he built was yeah. for me. Yeah. And the, where, the, where that started to where that KTM JB mod is, is so far different. I'm like, that is cool. Yeah. But it's, it's not, it's cool for the open classes and for the people that can afford it. And there's classes for them. There, I am perfectly fine with that. But I just don't think as far as me being a pro rider and then also making all the classes go hybrid, I, I don't see that as a possibility. And I guess I'll kind of touch on it as everybody's, well, last year you proposed the stock class. I did. And I, me and I talked to Chad and we talked to a lot of, a lot of people into it, is the idea behind it is to build cheaper racing. Not for us. I'm already invested in the sport. I'm going to be going to the races. The reason me and Chad run that production stock class is cool, but the big reason we run it is to show what these stock units can do because there's this belief that you can't run them and hopefully show that, yeah, like so, show that people, they could race for cheaper. And my biggest deal is, and I didn't even realize when we first got into it, but the people that have their parents support for all those years, I guess people, I was just say kids and they turn 18, 19, 20, and their parents are like, okay, I'm done buying you a $20,000 quad each year. You're going to have to go to – you need to go go to college, go get a job and stuff like that. And anybody out of college or hardly anybody out of college or out of high school and going to get a regular job can't afford to do that in their first 10 years. So they have to quit. Yep. But what I'm hoping this does is show, okay, well, maybe I can't race that, but I could go race this. And that's something new that I've seen that this – stock class did and the original idea was just to make cheaper racing for people to get involved in the sport and our idea behind it is when we looked at it was to make sure that it didn't affect the sport negatively at all in our original idea we had it remove a few classes to add it and obviously those went away and we had me and chad had our reasonings and the other people i say me and chad because it's been pretty known that we were a big part of that there's other people behind the scenes that remind remain nameless and they're not yamaha people we were trying to remove some other classes to kind of make the day go better that we didn't think were necessary. And people came to the meeting and said, no, we need those classes. And they got to keep those classes and they added these and it, it worked, but our idea was to make it better for the sport. And I, that's a big part for me is with the hybrids and the CRFs going in there is I'm not sure how it makes it better. And a lot of people say that, like I said, the maintenance factor of it, but I don't see how, a $10,000 deficit at the beginning can anywhere make up for it in one or maybe even two years, you're mo you spending that extra money. 
And then I guess my also rebuttal to that is if they say, well, we're blowing up motors every week. Okay. Switch to a Yamaha. Right. It's, it's going to be blunt. And a lot of people are like, no. And I'm like, well, why not? If you're willing to spend $10,000 extra into each one of your bikes, why don't you sell all those bikes and buy Yamahas? And yeah, you're going to spend more because you have to redo your program. You got to redo all your parts stock. That's tough to do. But to also put a $10,000 motor in because it's $10,000 because you got a chassis from a dirt bike. So it's $10,000 more before you build it into each of your chassis. Yep. You, you're already spending that money. Go to, a, go to a Yamaha. And not only that, will you be getting a more reliable or I believe a more reliable bike. I'm sure there's a lot of people. No way is it more reliable. But I believe more reliable bike. You will also be supporting a, a, a manufacturer that is still in our sport. And between those two reasons right there, I think is if you're willing to spend the money there, why not just go to a Yamaha and support somebody that supports our sport? Absolutely. Uh, I told you, know, and I told you before we started recording that if it was, if I could just snap my fingers and change all my, all my inventory on parts and everything to Yamaha stuff, I'd switch my whole deal right over to Yamaha in a heartbeat if I could solely because they care, they innovate their machine every single year. It's a better machine every year. Like you said, they have contingency now. They're giving away a four-wheeler. Like they're doing all kinds of things that not any other brand is doing. And I think, again, I don't want anybody to think that this is just me and you bitching because it's not. It's, this is all stems from the love of the sport and wanting the best for the sport. And again, like in last year, it actually went even better than I could have ever imagined. Right. Um, because you guys came up with the production premiere class and you did, you were trying to showcase that you could not spend that much money. You could uh, race for a cheaper price. And throughout the year, you guys showed that you were almost going your, your literally your race quad pro speed on stock machines, showcasing that, Hey, you can have a stock Yamaha, throw a couple parts for safety on it and go, go just about as fast as anybody and have a blast doing it. So literally nobody should have an excuse. And then, like you said, the trickle down effect was, Hey, not only can we get people into racing, maybe, but we can also keep people racing because it's a cheaper option. That's the precedent that you guys set last year with that production stock premier class. And if there was, if they were to implement a hybrid rule, you're going exactly backwards on that, on that uh, precedent that you guys just implemented for a whole year and saw the, the, the good that could come of it because you need your argument. I remember at the pro meeting was we're going to need a couple years to see this through. We're going to need to see it through. We're going to need to see the trickle down effect from it. It's not going to happen overnight. I think that not maybe numbers wise, but more people got on board as the season went on, but you guys showcased every single week that you got what you could do on a stock machine. And I truly believe that coming out in Texas at the beginning of the year and through the rest of this year, you're going to see the trickle down effect from that, but we can't go backwards on all the good groundwork that you guys laid last year. So again, I just didn't, I don't want people to think this is, you know, us bitching about it. It's all from the heart for the love of the sport 
and that's it. Absolutely. I, I fully agree. And I'm sure people will think that we're just on here complaining and like, oh, they're just for Yamaha. I mean, people know Yamaha sponsor your podcast now, which is awesome. Shows that they're supporting the sport. People think that I'm a huge Yamaha rider. At one point, I was a factory Yamaha rider, and I was super happy. They dropped my support three years ago. They, they do still help me out, and I'm super grateful for it. But the biggest reason I'm behind them is because they are still in the sport, and they're still producing a quad, and I feel that it's the best way to keep the sport going, and that's why I push it. It's, it's, I'm not getting paid by Yamaha anymore. Like, trust me, I, I really wish I was, and people can say I'm biased because I will take all the criticism to have my paycheck back, but I don't have one anymore. I don't get free bikes anymore. It, it's, I, I ride Yamaha's one. My inventory is already there. And the other reason is, is they're still in this sport. And I am super happy to be on Yamaha. I promote them. And, I, yeah, the stock class is, is great. And it's not just stock class. I want to make sure everybody knows it's not just for Yamaha's. When we built the classes, it was for every manufacturer. It just happens to be Yamaha's the only one selling one. So it's a lot easier to go race it. Yep. If somebody wants to go race another one, awesome for them if they have it. But if you're going to go buy a quad, let's get real. Let's go buy a Yamaha because they're getting made. And that way it shows the numbers of Yamaha going up. And maybe if we change that little pie chart that has all this red in it and some blue and then a whole bunch of other colors to more blue, maybe eventually the other manufacturers will go, wow, Yamaha's making money. We need to get back into that. It's uh, – I, I really believe that is that, you know, all these manufacturers, I guess I'll go on a little more, one more point that I got for sure. And I want to make it is I've told a lot of people, this is Honda's not coming back. Suzuki's not, well, let's just focus on Honda because the majority of people are on them. Yep. Honda's not coming back with everybody still riding Hondas and spending money on parts. They make more money on parts than they do producing a bike and they have way less overhead. So is it's not, like they're not going to, they're making all this money with no overhead. So it's like uh high reward, low risk. And until we can get that reward away from some might be the only way we get them to come back. There might be other possibilities and who knows if we take it all away from them, there might not be, but you know what is we take it all away from them and Yamaha keeps producing and everybody's on Yamaha's, but Yamaha's still making one and they're still supporting us. It's not a bad thing. We're still in a sport that has, a manufacturer where you can buy a quad and man, I'll tell you what you, you said is uh, I love this sport. It's been my life. It's still my life. It was a dream of mine when I was a kid to be a pro rider. And I, I, I achieved that, you know, is I, I make a living racing. Yes. I have to do some alternative stuff and training and things like that, but man, I, I'm living my dream right now. And I love this sport and I want to see it grow. So I, I'm sure other people have different opinions and I'm sure there'll be some negative comments and, points that we missed and I'm, I'm happy to listen to other people's points but please bring some facts with them I can show you the facts on how a hybrid costs more and then if you start talking about hybrid chassis even if somehow these the Baldwin's Walsh not Baldwin's JB's Walsh has got it where their chassis is cheaper than buying a TRX or a Yamaha then it goes to the fact that somebody with more money is going to get paid them to make a customer chassis that's better than yours and that's where that one comes in negative so well, and the I, other thing too, Thomas, is, is there are people that say, hey, I can slam this motor in this chassis. Um, maybe they're, you know, it's non-current stuff. It's old stuff. It's maybe not that nice of stuff. 
but then the argument is it's no better than you know a production quad it's not better than a stock yamaha or or whatever or a production yamaha built because if you look like there's a reason why that you know the stock production stock premier class or whatever it's called is all yamahas is because they're the best quad from the factory period like that's why it's yamahas so i again again i just and i'll let you finish but uh I, I hate anything that comes on my podcast that's negative because I hate any kind of negative. Like I'm not going to be, I'll admit it right now. My podcast is never going to birth negative anything about the sport. Cause I'm not about that. It's all about positivity and creating a positive image for the, for the sport that we love both of us. Yeah. Um, but the thing about the hybrids is it's not going to do any favors for the sport. It's not going to bring more people into the sport. It's going to do the opposite. I guarantee it. And you don't want anybody to be able to buy their way to the front period. Absolutely. I am with you for hundred percent. I don't want to be negative. I hate, and I guess while we're on it is I hate all the negative comments on social media about the sport and stuff like that. Like let's look at all the positive sides. Our pro class is growing and stuff like that. And people are going to take this as a negative and man, maybe we were a little negative, but I think ultimately we're just trying to show, the other side of why hybrids are bad. And when you're trying to explain why something's bad, it comes across as negative. But let me throw some highlights right now. Our pro class is growing. Last year was one of the bigger years we've had the pro class in a lot of years. We had an almost full gate. How many rookies are moving up this year? Four or five? Six. I mean, I think there was four. Six. Okay, so six. There was four or five at Ironman alone. Yep. Um, man, our, our sport's in a good spot. Our numbers were better than last year. It's, it's awesome. And I am stoked to be a part of it right now. I, like I said, I love the sport and I'm, like I said, we're not trying to be negative to the sport, trying to be negative to the idea that we both feel is not correct for the sport. And we want to see the sport move in a, a, the same direction. And yes, Cody, me and you have never, I've always respected you. I'm sure I feel you've always respected me. We've never been friends. uh, Like, like we don't talk all the time or anything like no, that. No, but when you approached me about this and I've been pretty open about it because yep. I, I became more vocal in the sport because I want to make the sport grow. Yep. And I was super onto it. And luckily our opinions matched up and I've, I've talked to Joel about this before and our opinions don't necessarily line up and I'm fine with his opinion. Right. I, do I necessarily agree with it? No. Does he necessarily agree with mine? Absolutely not. Right. But we all want the better of the sport and, as long as we all keep working towards that, I think it's good. And if there's a way to make hybrids cheaper without making it less, uh, not a money game in the pro class and cheaper down the road, I, I'm for it. Like, I, I'm game. I want this sport to grow. I just, right now, the two points are is it's not cheaper. And Yamaha's still here. We need to support them so people can get into the sport. Like that's key is that people need to be able to go to a dealership and see a sport four wheeler and be able to buy it and, and come join us. Like that's, that's key. Well, because, Uh, and and you always want to relate it to um, people who are not aware of what we do. mm -hmm. Maybe see a video of it, see it on TV, see Thomas Brown's Instagram account and say, Hey, I want to do that. Well, if you make it so that there's no, factories building four-wheelers sport four-wheelers anymore 
the average kid on the farm isn't going to be able to just buy a four wheeler right now. You can, there still yeah. is a production quad that you can go buy and do anything that you see Thomas Brown do on. So I just, yep. you need to make the bridge from the dude that doesn't know about ATV racing to become an ATV racer as easy as possible. And yes. again, like it's not even, it's just that hybrids happens to be the issue. If it was something else that was the money difference or the betterment of the sport difference, we would have the same opinion. It's whatever is going to be better for the sport. And the thing that the reason why I reached out to you specifically was because I knew that you're basically the highest pro highest level pro who's doing it kind of funded by yourself, basically, if that makes sense, you know, yep. um, you don't ride for a team. It's your own effort with a bunch of your own support that you put together. So I knew that you would have an opinion from, you would have the opinion of maybe like a mid pack guy who's having to do it on their own dime, except your opinion matters the most because you're a top three guy doing it out of your own pocket. And again, doesn't matter if you're Thomas Brown or you're Brandon Hogue or you're Cody Jansen or you're a B-class rider. If you take X amount of a percentage of your funding away because you have to put it towards building a hybrid to be competitive, that could make it so you either can't race anymore, you can't go to all the races, something else happens, you know, unforeseen and you can't chase the series, whatever. Again, for the betterment of the series, you need to do what's best for everybody, not for a percentage of the racers instead of everybody as a whole. Well said. I, I fully agree. I mean, I, I feel we kind of cover these points. I, you know, I shot you the email earlier when you yep. brought it up to me. And, man, I, I sat down and it took me a while to write the email. And I honestly, I liked that I got to write the email because I didn't get interrupted. And that was pretty cool. But I don't want to go on social media and put this email out there. No. Because I, I don't want it to be negative. I don't want people nitpicking it because it's just going to cause controversy. Exactly. And hopefully with everybody sitting down, they can't comment on – or hopefully they'll listen to all everything we just said before they comment. And they'll, they'll be able to maybe, like, listen to our side of it. Like, yeah, like, I get it. Like, some, there might be certain circumstances where some people it's cheaper. But maybe not for the whole sport, and that's where we got to look at it. Is it's got to be the entire sport. And man, I like like I said, like I said just a few minutes ago, is we're growing. Like like we're doing good. Let's let's keep on let's keep on track. Let's not make it more expensive because money controls everything. Like it sucks. Like it it does. But if people can't afford it, they can't afford it. It's you can't just just can't print money out at the house and go do it. So. I, I want to keep this sport growing. I want to do what's best interest for it. And if something comes up where it's a better interest, I, I, I'm on board. Like I want the sport to grow. And if it affected me negatively, it, it that sucks. But if I'm a 1%, you know what I mean? Yep. But if I'm in the majority, that's, that's where I'm at with it. And uh, it's, man, I, I, like I said, dude, the sport's growing. I'm, I'm pumped to be a part of it right now. Yeah. The, the pro class is, is as good as it's been in a long time. Um, the numbers are strong. The numbers over the last handful of years have sustained. And I think that they have the possibility to grow. So again, anybody that's listening, all of this comes from love of the sport 
and wanting to see it grow. And a guy like Thomas, who just like he said, um, basically has given his life to this and he just wants to see it stick around and thrive. And me on a, on a smaller level, obviously lesser level, but same thing. I dreamed of wanting to be a pro. I got to do that. And like still to this day, I'm just around the sport because I love it. So, um, again, unless you have anything else to say, Thomas, but I, uh, I can't thank you enough for your time. And, uh, just like I said, your opinion matters more than mine on this. So I wanted people to be able to hear your voice and, uh, it's been, it's been awesome to, to have you on. It's been a lot of fun and, um, it's all positivity, it's all positivity. So if other people that are listening to this, stop with the negative comments or the, I wish ATV racing used to be such and such a way. Let's all just be grateful that the series is here. Like the, the governing body is happy with us. They're still wanting to see this. They're, they're doing their best to see it grow, see it through. So let's all kind of change our narrative into a positive way of thinking. And uh, I mean, that's, like I said, that's where this whole conversation and idea came from was just to clear up some of the maybe perceptions of, you know, what's going on in ATV racing right now or the hybrid thing or whatever, but it's all out of love for the sport. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm great to be, I was great. You had me on. I'm pumped. I got to share my side of this because I, I do have a very strong opinion on it and it, it is in love. And man, I'm ready. Uh, you know what? we're getting close to going racing again and it's about to go hard and man, I'm ready to see all the new rookies come in. There was a good sophomore class going, you know, people going their sophomore year in the pro class and Daytona is going to be awesome. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to have qualifiers that actually eliminate people there. Yeah. Like that is going to be spectacular. I can't wait. It's, it's pumped. I'm, I'm ready to go racing. I'm sure everybody else is ready to see racing. And then not but three weeks after that, we're in Texas with everybody. And, man, I'm gonna wait. I can't wait to have everybody to the home state and, you know, one of the best tracks in the country. Let's tear it up. And, yeah, let's, let's stay positive. And I will say is that if anybody has any ideas on how to help grow the sport, share those ideas. Please. Be positive on that. Not, don't say what people aren't doing. Share what people are doing to make yeah. the sport better. And let's keep positivity. It starts at, it starts at the top and it trickles its way down. And then at the bottom, man, everybody's opinion matters. So, ah, man, I like I said, I love the sport. Pumped it came on here. I got to share my opinion. And, man, Cody, great job with the podcast. I believe your brother's name's Dallas. Y'all y'all have been killing this. Dude, thank you all for – this is something I've wanted to see forever as a podcast. I'm huge on podcasts. That's all I listen to nowadays. I don't hardly listen to music anymore. I'm just podcast after podcast. And having a quad ATV motocross pack podcast is – absolutely awesome anytime y'all want to have me on or me give somebody crap or something like that in a positive way i'm down i'm I'm down to be a part of it and uh thank y'all i really uh, i really appreciate the kind words thomas it's been uh it's been um really really cool because like you had stated earlier we have really no track record uh you and me personally other than you know racing against each other a little bit you know or you lapping me or something and uh (laughs) But you know how cool you've been and how cooperative you've been and uh, and working with us and, and um, stuff like that has meant the world to me because we're nothing without people like you. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, I can't wait for the, us to go racing and uh, we're definitely going to be cheering for you. And um, 
you know, hopefully uh, the next week, the next month goes well for your training and stuff. And um, yeah, I just uh, hope you can stay healthy and put that thing up front. Like we think you're going to. I appreciate it, man. I hope so too. And uh, you know, let's, uh, let's all like, I'm, I'm pumped, man. It's, this is awesome. So thank you for having me on. And like I said, anytime y'all need me, I'm, I'm here to, I'm here to talk. Thanks so much, Thomas. All right. Thanks, Cody. Man, I challenge you to find a guy with more passion and love for the sport than T Brown. He made for an awesome conversation there. I want to thank him for his time and willingness to come on. Had I known he was going to have his very own episode, we would have asked Thomas more about his career as a whole. But that just means we have an excuse to get Thomas back on sometime soon. So again, thanks to him for coming on the show. I have to thank my producer slash brother Dallas for sitting next to me and all his behind the scenes work for the podcast. I couldn't do it without you, Dallas. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Blenders Eyewear, Mountaineer Brand, and Oats Overnight. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. If you enjoy the show, we encourage you to support us via Patreon if it suits you. Simply visit our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, and click the Support on Patreon button. This contribution will help prompt continued growth and improvement of the show, and perks will be available to those who contribute, including hearing your name on the show. We greatly appreciate the support. Also remember, you can always call us with your questions, concerns, suggested topics, and more. This is your chance to be a part of the show by calling our voicemail line anytime. Call us today at 920-569-3519. That's 920-569-3519. If you've called in, you'll probably hear yourself on the next episode. So looking forward to that. We have Jeffrey Rastrelli, John Natale, Cody Gibson, Gary Denton, and more on the upcoming schedule. So needless to say, you won't want to miss our upcoming episodes. The best way to ensure you won't miss a thing is subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional behind-the-scenes content. Keep that support coming, and we'll keep the fire content coming as well. I love the screenshots showing that you're listening, so send those in, and I promise to keep sharing them. Again, subscribe to the show, give us a rating, tell your friends, share our posts. It all helps spread word about the show and grow the sport that we all love. With that, for Thomas Brown, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing. And until next time, thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. <laughs>